It's December 2nd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that the U.S., Japan, South Korea, and the EU have imposed sanctions on three North Korean senior officials associated with the country's recent missile tests. John Il-ho, Yu Jin, and Kim Soo-gil allegedly played major roles in developing the weapon. Recent launches demonstrate the need for all countries to fully implement UN Security Council resolutions, which are intended to prevent the DPRK from acquiring the technologies, materials, and revenue Pyongyang needs to develop its prohibited WMD and ballistic missile capabilities, according to a U.S. Treasury document. European Internal Market Commissioner Thierry Breton will not participate in the upcoming EU-U.S. Trade and Tech Council meeting on December 5th, according to Political Europe. The twice-annual event allows senior officials to promote closer ties and tackle thorny issues like controversial electric car subsidies in the United States. Yet Breton, who has previously voiced frustration at these transatlantic tech and trade summits, decided not to travel to Washington for Monday's event because not enough time had been dedicated to ongoing disputes over the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, according to a close aide. On Thursday, U.S. President Joe Biden and French President Emmanuel Macron suggested that both sides could find a short-term compromise to the trade dispute. Three separate EU sources, who also spoke on the condition of anonymity, told Politico that part of the reason Breton was no longer traveling to Washington was because he had not officially been invited to the Kennedy Center Honors, an annual event to recognize the contribution of those in the performing arts. The AP is reporting that police in Spain detonated a suspicious parcel discovered at the U.S. Embassy in Madrid, Spanish officials said yesterday, a day after a similar package sent to the Ukrainian embassy ignited upon opening and injuring an employee. The action followed police reporting that multiple explosive parcels were sent in Spain over the past two days. Police said they were delivered to Spain's defense ministry, a European Union satellite center, and to an arms factory in northeastern Spain that makes grenades sent to Ukraine. Spanish authorities have yet to determine who is responsible for the letters or link them to the war in Ukraine. Elsewhere, Al Jazeera reports that Burkina Faso's interim leader, Captain Ibrahim Traoré has said he was the target of a coup attempt last week, local media reported. The military leader confirmed that some elements of the army wanted to seize power, saying he made the announcement in a meeting in the capital on Thursday. Last weekend, there was speculation after rumors circulated on social media networks of a coup attempt against the transitional government. One of the world's poorest countries, Burkina Faso is also struggling with a seven-year armed uprising that swept in from neighboring Mali. Thousands of people have died, hundreds of thousands are displaced, and more than a third of the country lies outside the government's control. 
The top court in Australia's most populous state, New South Wales, sentenced a former high school teacher to a prison term of 24 years today for killing his wife four decades ago. The murder of Lynette Dawson was previously the topic of a popular podcast. Deutsche Welle says that in August this year, the court had found Christopher Dawson guilty of killing his wife in 1982 so that he could pursue an affair with his teenage student. Lynette Dawson's body was never found after her murder, and the investigations had fizzled out due to lack of leads in the case. However, in 2018, interest in the case sparked again after the case became a subject of the hit podcast, The Teacher's Pet. The revived interest in the case compelled police to reopen their investigations. The podcast, hosted by journalist Hedley Thomas, unearthed new evidence leading to Dawson's arrest in 2018. Reuters is reporting that Mexico will raise the minimum wage by 20% next year after employers, labor representatives, and the government reached an agreement, officials said on Thursday, although some critics warned the move could fuel inflation. The standard minimum wage will rise to around 207 pesos, or $10.82, a day, from 172.87 pesos, or $9.03 a day. The hike follows double-digit percent raises by López Obrador's administration every year since he took office at the end of 2018, seeking to curb Mexico's vast income disparity. The latest minimum wage increase was calculated taking inflation into account, particularly price increases for basic goods, López Obrador told reporters, playing down inflation concerns. Mexico has been struggling to bring down stubbornly high inflation, and the Bank of Mexico has increased its key interest rate by 600 basis points since mid-2021 to 10% in an effort to tame price pressures. Some 6.4 million workers will benefit from the increase, or about one-third of Mexico's formal workforce. According to The Guardian, intensive care doctors in Germany have warned that hospital pediatric units in the country are stretched to a breaking point, in part due to rising cases of respiratory infections among infants. The Intensive Care Association, DIVI, said the seasonal rise in RSV cases and a shortage of nurses was causing a catastrophic situation in hospitals. RSV is a common, highly contagious virus that infects nearly all babies and toddlers by the age of two, some of whom can fall seriously ill. Experts say the easing of coronavirus pandemic restrictions means RSV is affecting a larger number of babies and children whose immune systems aren't primed to fend it off. Cases of RSV and other respiratory illnesses have also increased in the UK and in the US, which is also suffering from a shortage of antivirals and antibiotics. DIVI said a recent survey showed fewer than 100 free pediatric beds nationwide and that situation could worsen. In lighter news from the AP, hate rats? Are you a somewhat bloodthirsty New Yorker with excellent communication skills and a general aura of badassery? Then you might have what it takes to be the city's new rat czar. 
Mayor Eric Adams' administration posted a job listing this week seeking someone to lead the city's long-running battle against rats. The official job title is Director of Rodent Mitigation, although it was promptly dubbed the Rat Czar. Salary range is $120,000 to $170,000. The ideal candidate is highly motivated and somewhat bloodthirsty, determined to look at all solutions from various angles, including improving operational efficiency, data collection, technology innovation, trash management, and wholesale slaughter, reads the ad. Applicants are expected to have a crafty sense of humor and to lead from the front using hands-on techniques to exterminate rodents with authority and efficiency. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, I'll speak with Josh Kurlancek of the Council on Foreign Relations about the protests in China. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. 